What we do here is go back, 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 back. Oh boy. I'm singing Deck the Halls. But it's not like Christmas at all. I could, uh, that could be our whole podcast if you want. I, I don't think it should be. But, it shouldn't but thank be. You okay. For, thank you for regaling us uh, in that. <laughs> this is the last episode of the season, Ali. It is. It is. We dedicate this one to uh, our, our listeners, everybody who's in a position who's uh, you know lucky enough to be uh, celebrating. Uh, our last sure. episode was about, um, you know, how to make yourself look like a hotshot when you go to people's houses. And, uh, and what you can bring and, and, and what you can bring people as gifts. And what you should have on hand at your house in case you get in unexpected you, visitors, right? right? Yeah. This, so we, this, hope you, we hope you enjoyed that episode. Yeah. This episode is really more about um, family and like, you know, that core familial unit and about um, those food traditions, you know? And I, I kind of wanted to dive into your traditions what you do sure, we only sure. really have one that we for sure for sure do okay. but there's ones across the world just want to talk about things people do around christmas around new years sure. uh with some regularity maybe even talk about why they do it and um and maybe inspire people to do something a little different you know uh, the first time somebody mentioned lamb for thanksgiving it inspired me to um to kick turkey to the curb a little bit more often. So that's my Which hope. Which I will never I will never do. And and listen, if you don't happen to have a big family to celebrate the holidays with, you always have us to listen to and there's other ways you can celebrate as well. So just know that as well. It's we're not just uh highlighting things for people who are se- are able to celebrate that's right. even for those who who you can't. can lay but, in your bed naked with lotion all over you that smells like nothing wrong with that nothing wrong <laughs> nothing, with that nothing wrong with that so this ali this is going to be more new year's focused is that fair to say cuz what i, I have to so. say is new, i think is so new yeah focused. i mean i okay. it's just really it's like a it's the holidays you know it's like sure, what it's we the eat and drink around the holidays but yeah. I, I think new years is the one i think uh, that that the people I, well, you know, Christmas also people have their traditions, but if you sure. you, you tell me what you do, New Year's you always okay, so, go. Yeah, this Florida is, in particular, yeah. right? So yeah. we discovered this. So you know how some people, some families have these traditions that they've had for eons. Their grandparents did, their parents did. This is not one of them. So I married an American person, an American named Amanda, who you've heard on the show, and uh, her her she's a New Lots Englander. God, it, definitely. He's a New Englander. Yes. I feel like this is a huge setup and I just feel like I'm bashing my, my in-laws and it doesn't mean to be that. But so her New England parents, her Bostonian parents now live in Florida. Okay. Yeah. In, in very close to Vero Beach. And look, look and we, there's a lot wrong with all of that. Bostonians yes. already... And then Florida. Yeah. Ugh. But just, anyway, it's you know, just, just like, it just gets we, worse and worse. What's important is to accept people of all kinds, backgrounds. Yes. I, I've had it's to do it. Marco's had to do it. And yeah, exactly. So we go to this restaurant called Marsh Landing. Okay. And it's, you know, Florida has. Are you saying these... you do this every year or this is one story of the time you did it? We do this. We try to do this every New Year's Day. Okay. So we because ha- because they have a special New Year's Day menu that's very lucky that we've gone to. And now it's sort of our tradition. But if I could just set the scene with this restaurant, you know, when you think of restaurants in Florida, what do you think of, Ali? Uh, a little bit open air. 
Sure. You know, I mean, yeah. it's because of where I've only been to a couple places in Florida, but it was Listen. very sort of like breezy and open sure. air. The, it's sort of a vibe where someone could be smoking indoors and you might not even know because there's such a nice, beautiful breeze coming in. That's sure. Now, I know there's also like closed windows, app, windowed sure. Applebee's in Florida, obviously. Yep. But you're asking me what I think. I think a beautiful breeze. I think right. uh, sunshine. Right. I think nice weather. And I think... Um, um, or you might think Miami, beautiful color, sleek, yeah. and what? Yeah, I also think a little bit lighter fare. I like to say, sure. at least that's what I'm. I've been exper- sure. experiencing what I like to look for anyway. Yeah. So that is not marsh landing. <laughs> okay. Marsh landing feels but, like you know, you... the day after New Year's Eve's excess, you may have a lighter, some lighter fare. No, that's no. not where we're going. Okay. It's like you you've kind of taken your boat through a swamp and discovered a place that you could eat. It basically has all over the walls taxidermy of various animals that one could hunt in Florida. And everyone who goes there, it doesn't feel like you're in Florida. It feels like you're in that part of Florida that feels like the Everglades and people of the bayou. And I don't say that in a disrespectful way at all. But you also don't say it in a respectful way. Oh, no, no, not at all. But they have a very Southern accent, which I don't often hear in Florida because there's so many, you know, people who live in Florida who aren't originally from Florida. And there was a man once with like, you know, kind of looked like Popeye. He was missing an eye and it was all squinty and and whatnot. These are the locals that frequent this particular place. What area is this? What city is this? It's in the town of Felsmere. It's called Marsh Landing. The food there is fantastic. I will say that. And that's why we ended up going, right? Well, they know how to kill an animal based on what you're saying, uh, my friend, the wall next, time, next time I'm there, I'm going to take photos and send them to you because there's every animal. And then it has, you know, they have a lot of little things hanging on the wall that have different like fun quotes. Like, you know, if you're going to tinkle, put the seat down and don't sprinkle and yeah, stuff sure, like that. Sure. They're everywhere. So that's the decor, right? Great. Okay. Having said all that, we go there every, every New Year's Day to have their menu. And on the menu, it says, start the year off with a little Southern luck. Try our traditional Southern New Year's meal. Like Frog Leg Fanny says, eat poor on New Year's, eat rich the rest of the year. So that's the sort of menu, the New Year's menu. And okay. this is, I don't know who F- Frog Leg Fanny is, but they're bad. quoted. You've okay? never had the pleasure of meeting them. Okay. No. So there's five things that we eat. One is pork. And they say here, pork is the traditional meat of the Southern New Year's celebration, representing a move forward. This is because chickens scratch backwards and, of course, cows stand still to eat, but pigs root forward. So we eat pork because it's a forward-moving animal. Okay. Also, I mean, this is great at illustrating the idiocy of the things we believe and the traditions we establish as if... As if bacon, every time we eat this fatty, salty meat, isn't driving us further into the ground. Forward uh, and downward, actually, toward the ground. 100%. 100%. Yeah. The other thing is black-eyed peas. Yeah. They represent coins. Sure. And you're supposed to eat 365 of them to ensure good fortune <laughs> and plenty of coins <laughs> in your pockets each day of the new year. Yeah. Now, I don't okay. know if they That's distribute 365 on the plate, but we eat the black black-eyed uh, peas, colored greens, mm-hmm. and they represent folded money. Yeah. And you eat these to ensure many greenbacks in your wallet. Of course, it wouldn't be the South without cornbread, 
also on that particular New Year's Day menu, represents gold and good health. Eat plenty to bless you with good health and good pieces, as they say. And finally, if you didn't get enough of the pork pieces, hog jowl. Hog jowl represents joy. Eat a piece to bring you joy and happiness in the new year. So that's my that's what we have on New Year's Day, and I'm that's telling terrific. you, every so, time we go there, we enjoy it, and I feel lucky for the rest of the year. Have you? Uh, that's not what you say to me around March, but listen, do you uh, do you not have a term for this? Me, is it not called the Hop and John? No, I, it, it's just the the Southern New Year's tradition yeah. menu at Marsh Landing restaurants. Okay. Is it called well, the Hopping John? Well, yeah, in, no, in the American South, Hopping John okay. is exactly that. It's pork. It's black eyed peas because of the coins. Right. It's not three hundred and sixty five. That's idiotic. Right. Um, sure. The greens are because of money. The cornbread is because of the color of gold, and it's it's yep. it's it's exactly what you're saying. It's okay. a dish that's supposed to bring good luck in the new year. Uh, it traces its um, origins to, uh, to 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 African traditions. Oh, cool! And uh, so, uh, Florida, of course, has not only gotten the name of Hop and John out, but also uh, wiped it of any of its. Uh, it it could origins. just be what this restaurant we go to that doesn't call it that. Could be, but, could be. Yeah, I'm taking yeah. the opportunity sure. to take a big dump on Florida, which I don't think I need to do. No, you don't need to. No, I want to. No. But well, I don't need listen, to. Listen, to each their own. <laughs> to each their own. It's I'm not going even there. fair. Florida is so big and diverse, and I've had a great time when I'm there. But it's just how many Florida man articles do you need to see? You know, listen, you know my friend Marco goes there and has a good time. What, what, what's I don't want to be me? turned away at the border, so I will say nothing but good things about no, Florida. Listen. There you go. If we have border border officers listening to this, that's good news for everybody. Yes. Everybody wins. They're going to broaden their palate. They're going to experience new things. It's going to be wonderful. I'm standing Yes, by indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So what, okay, so that's one of a very recent tradition that we do. What is your uh, Well, I'm going to tell you mine, but I want to okay. talk about a couple of sure. you know, uh, different ones around the world. Uh, do you it. know in Spain that they eat 12 grapes? And I, and I mention this because uh, of the 365, you know, days sure. of the, uh, you know, the 365 beans for each day. Right. At the stroke of midnight in, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, you know, many Spaniards, and I don't know how many, but any, uh, sure. eat one grape for every toll of the clock bell at the stroke of midnight. I see. And these grapes are prepped beforehand, peeled, seeded, this kind of stuff, so that it's very efficient with every, you know. Right. Um, I think, you know, it was probably something that just happened because um, there was just a bumper crop one year of grapes. Sure. And they were like, man, get these people to eat some grapes. But now it's like, uh, it's an interesting tradition that many, many people, not just in Spain, but in, in Spanish speaking nations will uh, will do. So I want to know if you had ever heard of that. Another, I have, you have. But I think you, I think you had told, told it to me oh. a few years back. I think you told, told it to me. Was it as I uh, laid you in my lap and fed you grapes? I think so. That's usually the story I tell when it I'm was, doing that to people. It right? was actually at the Feast of Saturnalia on December 17th uh, when when you did that. So, Okay. <laughs> Maybe. It could be. Buddy. Did that go over your head? Yeah, it really did. It really okay. did. I wanted. I want, desperately wanted something. It was an yeah. ancient Roman feast mm. on the seventeenth of December, where they where they would feast Saturn, the god, and they would. It would just be debauchery and and whatnot. You can imagine like Roman style. So, vomitoriums. I don't think I have oh to go into god. details, but okay, yeah, great. Yeah. 
hard left from vomitoriums to tamales in Mexico. Tamales are eaten uh, particularly around uh, New Year's Eve. Yes. And the holidays. The fact that they're wrapped, you know, tamales, people don't know they're there. It's like this corn dough or cornmeal with, right. with meat, cheese, uh, other great additions in, in in either corn husk, sometimes banana leaf. Right. And it's Sorry. really at every special occasion. Mm-hmm. But especially during the holidays, I think also it's it has a gift, not ambiance, but a, a, a gift vibe to it. Right. You're giving these little wrapped packages. So it feels like presents when you're giving it to people, sure. you're handing it out to family and friends and so on. And on New Year's specifically, I should mention this. It is served with something called menudo, which is tripe, tripa and hominy soup, which is famously good for hangovers, which is what okay. many people are looking for on, on New Year's Day, right? So anyway, tamales is a great thing, uh, sold in restaurants far and wide in Mexico, street corners. Um, in And speaking of the street in, in, in the Netherlands, the Dutch have these donuts. They're called olibols. So olibolin, oh. what, what do you think olista means? It sounds very much like the word that it means in, in, I'm gonna uh, say in Dutch. I'm going to say olive, olive oil. Oil. Uh, yes, oil. You got oil. Yeah. Terrific, okay. terrific. Yeah. Oil and then bolin. Bolin is a ball. Like oil a, balls, like a... buddy. Oil oh, wow. balls. That's exactly. These are fried oil balls. They're like they're like they they would look like our um you know what do you call these Dunkin' Donuts uh, Timbits and like um, yeah the little center the little holes yeah, the donut uh, holes nothing basically sweet nothings or what they're called yeah but the Dutch would of course you know take a huge crap on me for saying that but they're you know, they're these dumplings they are either have this um uh powdered sugar around them Yum. like donuts or they have currants and raisins so sometimes when you see them you can see the raisins uh, poking denser out denser so. than a beignet would you say uh light quite light light uh, oh yeah. light okay 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 yeah. and yeah. and and so these oil balls you have on i'm sure the romans had them at the feast of Saturnalia. And I'm sure you can have that for New Year's too. Oh, Roman man. oily balls or something yeah. else that we yeah, don't talk else. about okay. in this family episode. Um, Fair enough. I'll push that all aside. Push okay. that all aside. Uh, then, of course, you know what marzipan is. I love marzipan. In Austria and Germany, yes. over the holidays and particularly New Year's, they have um, this 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 uh, feast. Uh, on the eve of St. Sylvester, they call it this feast. Red wine punch is being drank. Suckling pig is being eaten. Yum. And the tables are decorated with these uh, marzipan called marzipan schwein. You know what schwein is? Yes, I do. Yes, it's pig. So swine. it's little yeah. pigs made of marzipan. Yes. Either they're called marzipan schwein or they're called gluck schwein. You know what gluck is? You probably gluck. do. Gluck if is I say, wine, if I say Marco, gluck, gluck to you. Gluck to you, sir. Uh, good luck. Hello. You got it, buddy. Yeah. You're great at this. Good yeah. luck, pigs. The Glückschwein yeah. are good either luck. good yeah. luck pigs, or and again, it's similar to what you're talking about. Starting the new year on a great note, you have these good luck pigs. Now, love it. Again, it makes no sense from a physical health perspective, but we do it, <laughs> and it's it's great. Good stuff. I just got to give props to the Germans for their holiday cookies that are often like pepper noose or um, Stolens that have the very strong ginger and pepper flavors. Mm. Loving that stuff. Loving it. Great. Uh, Soba noodles in Japan. Buckwheat soba noodles. Yes. Are eaten at midnight. And I don't, 
I can't fully appreciate why, but it is a way to bid farewell to the year gone by. Welcome the year to come. It dates back hundreds of years. And I think these long noodles, you know, in general, and the, the Chinese have, have something similar. Long noodles symbolize longevity, right? Uh, prosperity, right? You can, sure. you can eat and you have these long. Um, so I, I don't know how that bids farewell to the year gone by, but it's, I certainly understand how it could welcome the new year. You know, you want a long life, you want prosperity. So soba noodles, also a, a, a great tradition. There is also, I want to ask you about this, this uh, Italian. Sure. Yeah. Cotecino con lentici. Lentici. Close, close. Yeah. yeah. Cotecino Cotechi- con lentici. Yeah. Lentici. I mean, yeah. sometimes the C's are pronounced, sometimes they're not. Anyway, it's... um. It's a horrible looking meal of a gross sausage sitting in lentils. Yes? Is that the way of <laughs> You're not wrong. It is so it is it is certainly my friend. Listen, I love cotechino. The thing about cotechino is that it repeats on me for a month. If I have cotechino, I'm 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 dead, but I love the taste of it. It's an extremely rich seasoned pork sausage from the Emilia Romagna region, which if you think of uh, Bologna or Parma, those are the cities you'll find in Emilia Romagna. It also has a lot of fatty to fatness too, if I'm not mistaken. It's, it's so dense. Boiled. It's, it's so, so dense. It's so rich. And you know what? I, I get gout just looking at it, my friend. That's, that's, that's how rich it is. It's sliced and served on top of a bed of, uh, I think, braised lentils. Yeah. And, and what do the lentils represent? Do you know? Of course, any of those round little uh, legumes or, or lentils or no, what are they called? Pulses, I guess. Yeah. Um, represent coins, right? That's and we, we see that cross, cu- cross culture, right? Cu- yeah. cross, cross cultures, right? And, uh, you know, there's always coins. And I guess... And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The sausage once again is about, um, you know, moving forward. Uh, I thought it was about being well hung. That's what I'm. Oh, reading. okay, okay. No, uh, yeah. the the sausage. Um, I don't even. I mean, it's about slowing you down, I guess, and and guess. Uh, bringing you to an early death. Here's why sure. I think it's always pork, because traditionally speaking, and I can only speak from my um, my what do you call it? My heritage, Mm. my family, they were farmers. You, you actually kill pigs around the new year. It's always in winter when the pigs are killed. And that's when you make sausages, I guess, for many reasons. One, you want it a bit cold when you're dealing with that meat, you don't want to be doing in the summertime. And so I think pork is generally, you know, uh, made, you make your, you make your pork products in the winter. And so it stands to reason if you're going to do that, it's going to be associated with the new year, et cetera, et cetera. Fair enough. My farming roots, my farming roots, yeah. I'm going to share one last uh, tradition sure. from around the Love world um, to, to ring in the new year. It's yeah. an odd one, but no. the the idea was to share things that people are doing, and, uh, and it might inspire it. you to do something similar or completely different. Sure. In Scandinavia... Love herring it. herring is is quite abundant. Yes. And again, it, it might be because of the silver coloring, but sure. it is eaten at the stroke of midnight. And again, prosperity, mm-hmm. uh, bounty. Um, and there's a Polish uh, New Year's Eve. And I know that Poland isn't Scandinavian, but there's a Polish New Year's Eve preparation. When you look up the herring and tradition, it's made by soaking 
herrings in water for 24 hours, layering them in a jar with onions, allspice, sugar, and white vinegar. So sweet pickled herring, right? And then, yeah, it's a, it's like the way we look at gold, maybe silver is more valued sure. in, in that um, part of the world. So Scandinavians will often have herring in a uh, in a large, you know, the smorgasbord, the, 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 the yeah, of classic uh, Scandinavian smorgasbord, will include smoked fish, pickled fish, pate, meatballs, this kind of things, which Yum. I'm not against. That's a good, no. that's a good board as far as I'm concerned. Listen, I'll, smor- I'll smorg that board any day. You'll smorg that board, of course you will. Okay, l- have you heard of this? And and correct me, you probably know this, but don't the sh- the Czechs and the Slovaks don't they eat carp in the new year, like the beginning of the month? I remember seeing uh, images of carp in like big bags and people going on the bus with them in the winter time. And I feel like it has. First of all, I don't think carp is the most delicious fish one could eat they tend mm. to be bottom dwellers they they're kind of sandy and whatnot if i'm not mistaken but i thought there was a tradition in slovakia or in the czech republic uh is that on your list of things buddy it isn't uh carpe okay. diem though you know what i mean okay carpe diem. listen seize the day i'll i'll look yeah. that up while you tell us what your tradition is well um, i i also want to ask about oh, sorry man um, yeah yeah you know these are these are new year's traditions as we uh as we said i I think I've explained this. There's there's yeah. two things I wanted to address on a on a personal note here. We as a Muslim family, now I'm I'm really talking about my wife and her family, and you may know this okay. about us. Yes. Don't celebrate Christmas per se. And Fair. yet and yet we do. We do the gift giving, we have a tree, we have all the things. It's just on New Year's Eve. So the reason for this, this goes back to my 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 sister, uh, my sister, you know, my wife and her, her sisters and, and brother growing up in the prairies okay. in the 70s and 80s. And my mother-in-law, who's a very kind-hearted person, not wanting the, her children to be left out come January when everyone's like, what'd you get for Christmas? What'd you get for Christmas? Right, of course. So she was like, well, we can't say we got something for Christmas. We don't celebrate Christmas. And back sure. in the 70s and 80s, it was related directly to Christ. You know, Mm -hmm. unlike uh, what we see today, it's just related to money. Mm -hmm. But uh, back then it was like, well, we can't say we have this, you know, Christian celebration. It's almost insulting to Christians and probably to Muslims as well. So we'll do all the things. We'll have family get together. We'll have big meals. We have a tree, but it is the New Year's tree. And the gifts are New Year's gifts. And it's like opening up the present at the stroke of midnight, that kind of thing. So I hate missing New Year's with my my wife's family. I see. This is, okay. It's a big deal. Like sometimes you get, you know, as a comedian, there's a lot of like money being thrown at you when you do a New Year's Eve show in Ottawa or something like this. And I really right, don't right. want to. I really don't okay. want to. It's such a good family vibe. So we have a massive, I mean, there's just, it's just too much. It's just we start the new year with uh, with stress to be honest there's just too much okay. food coming there's constantly food and we're all like this is not we just ate dinner 2 hours ago we're putting you have to put out the new year buffet right so a new Love year's it. eve you're, it's all the, it's pretty wild it's a great combination of pakistani food and you know various um you know if you want to say canadian or western uh, dishes and it's always fantastic so that that is our tradition but around the holiday, and so we bring in the new year uh, feeling pretty rough, to so be quite honest. So when are you opening the presents on New, new Year's? New Year's Eve, uh, stroke midnight? of midnight, yeah. Really? stroke of midnight, the kids stay up. They love staying up late okay. that night, and uh, that's their, yeah, 
would always, every New Year's, we're like, take a nap. You got to take a nap. And they never take a nap. And then it's like pretty insane. The so next few days, they're in, 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 in bad shape. Strategically, that's a great way to celebrate because you can capitalize on the post-Christmas sales. This is this is very funny. Every immigrant, child yeah. of immigrants, comes to that conclusion every single time. Your yeah. mother-in-law is a genius because she's been yeah. buying Boxing Day, say, uh, you know, of she's course. been benefiting from Boxing Day sales for this New Year's slash Christmas celebration. The truth of the matter is she's a woman who is extremely prepared and okay. excited to do things for the kids. So she actually does not avail herself of Boxing Day sales. She buys okay. things. She's buying things like early December, late November, probably, mm -hmm. or at least but she's starting to. What are you, are you continuing this, this tradition? Well, we go, we go to their oh, house. We go to my in-laws house. And when my in-laws uh, pass on, you know, uh, that horrible day comes, we will definitely carry on okay. that tradition. Okay. And I think. So until, until then you're not shopping on Boxing Day for your kids. I mean, I might be. Okay. Buddy, I don't yeah, yeah, know that's fair. get them gifts. Okay. I don't even know what the, you know. It's, it's Is it hard when Christmas comes around if it's not a, you know, like it's you're not like you said, you're not celebrating Christmas, but there's so much out there on television and around. So and there must be I'm questions doing. that so come to you. There must be questions right. like Okay. Absolutely right. Here's what we do to celebrate okay. Christmas. What we do is we celebrate in the uh, in the style of our Jewish brethren. Okay. The Jews are known for doing what around Christmas? Christmas Eve? Chinese yeah. food. Chinese, Chinese food. food. Chinese yes. food. This is an American Jewish thing. You've seen it in the movies. Why does it happen? I It, it behooves me to tell you why this happened. There's a number of reasons. Yeah. Um, this started for, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll list up everything. But one of the things is, you know, there was other communities here in the early 1900s, Jews, you know, there was almost a quarter of New York was these European Jewish immigrants who had come, uh, come across in 1910 on. In the late 1800s, the Chinese had come across the U.S. to help with the building of the railroad. Right. Many of them had then left and come to New York and were opening Chinese restaurants. That's of what course. they were doing. The, the 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 Germans had this you know restaurants that were only for Germans. Right. The Italians had restaurants only for Italians. The Chinese had no such thing. They right. were just like whoever wants to come here, come here. So sure, the Jews found this kind of almost like a safe haven where they didn't feel discriminated against. So that was one reason that they started eating at Chinese restaurants. Sure. Number two, um, this is very very interesting to me. The the Jews also, like, that's the first generation of Jews who come came across in the early uh, 1900s. Sure. Uh, many of them kept kosher, but their children were trying to be more sort of cosmopolitan. And by going out and eating at a ch Chinese restaurant, felt more sort of like, oh, we're going out. We're not being a sort of a myopic, um, you know, patriot, uh, what's that word? Parochial community sure. we are a more cosmopolitan we get out and all this kind of stuff even if it was just one day at christmas it was like a start you know yeah yeah okay um the other reason and and this is also incredibly interesting to me is that you know throughout the generations the the, the, the early jews who would have come would have really kept you know a tighter connection to eating kosher of course the next generation 
appreciated, first of all, Chinese food, there is no milk and dairy mixing. This is a big no-no right. in Jewish culture. So there's no dairy in, in Chinese food in general, right? right. Or at least not in, in most Chinese restaurants that you go to. Secondly, the pork, the shellfish was often kind of disguised. It was wrapped in something, right? Sure. If you think about dim sum. Wonton. Wonton, this kind of stuff. And so you have this tradition of Jews who would keep a kosher home. Their children would keep the kosher home, but also, but once they left the home, wouldn't stay as kosher. Their children then were, you know, more sort of like, ah, it doesn't matter. And um, so you, 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 you have this, this kinship with not just the Chinese, but Chinese food itself. And in Chinese food, you know, felt somewhat sophisticated and there's much written about this. So many great articles that I went through um, I love talking this. about this. Yeah. It was the, to, to, to do something uh, less Jewish for some Jewish, you know, people part of the Jewish community all the time, all of a sudden it was like, you know, we're, we're sophisticated New Yorkers. Look, we're in this restaurant. They have right. eccentric decor and chopsticks and, and, and exotic sure. names for food. So I, I just found that that was very, very interesting what happens to communities over time, you know? And of course, I'm particularly interested in that because I'm waiting for my fellow Muslims to start eating pork with me. That's not happening anytime soon, but over, you know, with generations, you do meet more people who are like, meh. And that's what I've learned from the Jews. Meh. Or they eat pork when they're out of the home and the parents aren't around to see it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So we have started doing that around the holidays. And I started, I mean, it's been about seven or eight years. We go out of our way, no matter what happens, somewhere between the 25th and the 1st, we will be eating Chinese food in a Chinese restaurant at least once. And I love it. And I cannot speak more highly of the um, of the tradition. It's also, you know, it's a time where you're like, Man, you're making a lot of food. You're grocery shopping. You're sure, constantly yes. making stuff. You, even if you're just going to your in-laws, you're going to take stuff there. For once, you let somebody else do the work. Some you know, hyper-competent Chinese chefs will be doing all the work for you. And, yeah. and make no mistake about it. It's a ton of work. But they, um, they, they, they do great work. And, and we appreciate everything they do every year, not just around that time, but especially around that time. Normally, it's we order takeout Chinese, we order to right, the house. of course. But this is a real going uh, and sitting down, um, watching my children struggle with chopsticks, uh, watching the younger one, um, you know, spend seven minutes per noodle, slurping it into his mouth as slowly. And it's like, well... This is it. This is us this being is a family. And this that's is so wonderful. Family. Yeah, I I love I love how so much history is tied and connected to the food that we eat or the food that come comes forward. It's just so fascinating. How many dishes, you know, appear every year where it's like, oh yeah, we've been eating that forever, and it's kind of like cucina povera, as we would call it, like poor, mm-hmm. like cuisine from, you know, the poorer areas or like the poor people would eat. And all of a sudden it becomes, you know, the, the, the in thing for people to eat. And I, I love seeing that when you talk to people from the, those, uh, you know, ethnic back, backgrounds are like, oh yeah, we used to just pick that up because it was in our fields and we would eat it kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. No. I mean, it's, it's beautiful in the storytelling of it. Yeah. But sometimes frustrating in the pricing of it when you see things like chicken wings, which used to be like 
fed to yeah. the pigs or whatever, like sure. trash, basically. And now it's like, wait, $18 for a pound of wings? What's happening mm-hmm. here? Or, you know, poutine, which was really like peasant food in Quebec. Sure. Uh, this curd ch- cheese, not the good cheese, just the curd yeah. and some of, uh, you know, leftover gravy and and fried potatoes. Like it was yeah. just real peasant food just to fill you up, no real nutrition. And now, again, also, how in God's name am I seeing $15 poutines yeah, regularly poutine, yeah. everywhere, it's, right? It's so insane, yeah. That part is insane, but but I, I do, like yourself, draw some um, joy from hearing about the history of these things. And sure. of course, Marco, with the Chinese tradition, also I draw, draw some joy in reminding you that the racism of the Italians helped uh, form this tradition as well. I, I, they, I, I disagree with the racism. I think at that time in the 1900s. Discrimination um, and prejudice and bigoted nature. Well, I, I I'm gonna defend my 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 <laughs> class do. of people Please here do. because in the 1900s I don't think Italians were treated so well. They were not. And they were New not New York, at all. and yeah, they so, were not. And in uh, fact, uh, I, I've talked about this on my other podcast a fair amount because we talk about comedy and right. in stand-up comedy, you know, the Italians, the Irish, uh, other communities who were coming would immediately like feel a discrimination. Sure. And then had to scramble to. And again, it's beautiful, the history to find out why people do what they do, why they do the work they do. And often it's because that's all that was afforded to them. That's the only work they could do. Otherwise, they were not welcome in certain fields. And um, like the Irish and the Italians, for example, but especially the Irish got into the vaudeville scene. And 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 you don't think of the Irish this way, but the Irish were sort of these lowly. Um, you know, immigrants that they were held in very low regard, as were the Italians. And so what they did, they enter vaudeville and they immediately start wearing blackface to make fun of African-Americans. Right, they're like, oh, right. this is the way we this is what we got to do to deflect the attention off us. And we're like, hey, the enemy of our enemy is our fr- or whatever it is, you know, yeah, the, sure. Whatever. They had a, a shared enemy. And all of a sudden yeah. they were friends with the mm-hmm. with the white uh, locals, I suppose, who. um who uh, who had the real racism going on? Right. Yeah. There you go. I mean, there this is go. not a way to end a year. Talk about no, racism. no, not at all. But I'm just gonna, I'm just going to listen to you. Uh, you know, <laughs> bring bring these themes into our podcast. <laughs> but okay. So on a more celebratory note, of course, champagne always associated oh, with yeah. New Year's. I'm not such a big fan. What do you drink, my friend, at the stroke of midnight? Ha! <sighs> that is a good one, and uh, it is. It's not. What I do drink, because that can be any number of things. Sure. It's what I don't drink, okay. and that is champagne. Okay, fair. And the reason is because once upon a time, Uh-oh. Ali Hassan had too much champagne on New Year's I can New smell barf from here. Okay. And, and it was bad news. It was right. awful news. Um, yeah, and it was just those bubbles, you know, because the bubbles brought up all the other drinks I had. Now, I can't even blame champagne. This is what people sure. say. They're like, you're going to blame champagne? Maybe blame the fact that it was New Year's and you had 14 different types of drinks. Sure, sure. Maybe, maybe. Maybe, um, maybe. But also, I just sort of I start with beer. Beer is a great base. And beer. then I get kind of lighter and lighter, right? Tequila soda or something like that. Yeah. If it's a pedestrian tequila, let's not sure. let's not be crazy here putting good quality tequila in uh in, in soda, but um, yeah, I get sort of lighter and lighter throughout the 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 night. Never going as far as wine. Never going as far as uh, red and uh, well, white wine I might, but red wine will just tire me out. 
And I I'm, see. I'm, I see. It's okay. a stamina game on New Year's. Yeah, right? you sure. Stay up. Sure. Yeah, I I also find that a lot of times on New Year's when you go to places, restaurants or halls or wherever you're celebrating, the champagne they're doling out is like the worst quality champagne. It's like just the worst, and and it doesn't take much for you to be sick from it. So, sure, yeah, that's not my thing. I would go. I don't know why, but I don't mind prosecco or secco. Sure, but somehow champagne, because we had the good stuff. We had the good stuff, and we overdid it. It's not supposed to be drank the way I drank it. No, I know that's unfortunate. But and uh, I don't think champagne's supposed to be drank in copious amounts. It's a it's a celebratory drink. You it's know? a celebratory drink. But I, you know, yeah. I recently we, we were doing a toast at an event, and it was champagne and oysters, and I was like, I think I'm over this. It's just a little champagne. And sure, the day and? is great. Took a sip, and I was like, I gave it to my friend. I was like, This is uh-huh. for you. I do not want this. So the list is this. Champagne, Southern Comfort, and Peach Snaps. These are my no-goes for okay. New Year's Eve, specifically because of what I've done, uh, you know, how much I've drank them, and what it just goes and lives in your head in a crazy place. But uh, but those things are a no, and everything else is perfectly fine. But it does it does uh, give rise to this idea, Marco, that I should have a strategy. I should have more of. You a should strategy have. You should going. definitely have a strategy. Yeah. Figure out that should be like. You can change your strategy every New Year's, but like if you're like, okay, this New Year's, I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to have this type of a drink and I'm going to stick to this and just go, go down that, that lane. Yeah. So what it like, don't mix and match. Don't let your friends buy you different things. Stick, stick to the lane that you want for that New Year's and just stay there. And even if you feel like you've had too much, it's not going to affect you the way so many other things do when you start mixing out all the alcohol Absolutely. together. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's my feeling. Yeah. Wow. A night of just gin is is not as bad as a night of gin and wine and beer. Yeah, and then yeah. a couple of shots of like Jameson or something, right? Yeah, yeah. and you uh, and you love gin, right? You're, I do. You're yeah. I really do. That's it. That's my plan. Okay. We've established it. Yeah. All right, all right. Marco. And in fact, uh, gosh, you know, I love bringing gin to people's homes as well. But you just never know. You, you don't know? know. Gin is that divisive subject. People are like, oh. It's like many people's Southern comfort. You just don't know. It's true. It's true. Wow. Marco, I want to wish you uh, a happy holidays. You and your people. Thank Floridians, you. Italians, Bostonians, all your people, all the people. You knocked you, you knocked them all down earlier on, and now you're just going to- I gonna, did, but you know, now I want to wish them well. That's how we do it. You knock you down, and then while you're struggling to get up, we help you. We give you a little well, hand. I don't know who the I want to. I want to wish you the happiest of holidays and a great New Year's, and especially anyone who's, you know, celebrating Chris Christmas in a different way because it's all around you and it not might not be you know your your the thing that ties you to your religion, but that you're you somehow modify to fit into your holidays for the kids mainly, right? What, what do you tell them about Santa? What, what What is it about? How do you... The seven-year-old still thinks that maybe Santa exists. He makes a list. And he, okay. his, list is, his list is the best. His list is just like, dear Santa, I hope I am on the good list. Oh and goodness. if I am on the good list, can I please have these things? And his oh, things are cool. like hockey tape. Can this I please have great. some... Yeah. Uh, a lunch bag. Can I please have guards skate for my ice skates some skate guards like it's just this is the legacy of my wife practical gifts right practical gifts like people go what did you get for your birthday and i go i got a printer 
And oh, people wow. like, and people go, oh, and I'm like, no, 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 I loved it. I loved it. I needed a printer. It's a wireless printer. It's the best gift ever, right? And then in future years, you know, printer ink. Screw it. I needed it. I needed it. What Listen, do you nothing so wrong we're with not that. Good, we're not good gift givers is what I'm basically saying. Now, you know, Italians also have a tradition on New Year's where you're supposed to wear red underwear and it's supposed to be gifted to you. Okay. It's not supposed to be underwear you purchase, but it's supposed to be red underwear that's gifted to you that you wear on New Year's. The red end, red, red underwear industry doing very well in it. Very well. Yeah. Oh my god. Very, very well. What a ridiculous thing. Where does that come from? Why I have red? No idea. Why I have no idea. No idea. Well, my friend, if there was time, I would have got you a gifted red underwear. Thank that's you. A, that's a thoughtful, practical gift. That's that way you know what to buy the person. Exactly. Every year. <laughs> so much red underwear in the <laughs> Italian closet. <laughs> Okay, bye. Oh, my friend. All we right, have listen. a great time. We see you in the new year. Uh, to our listeners, we will see you in the new year. We have some wonderful interviews lined up, which we're very excited about. Most we definitely. are going to um, yeah, chat with people doing all kinds of interesting things and, of course, bring you our own experiences. I'm going to talk about my trip to um, to England and to Abu Dhabi. Amazing. And I'm going to share some of the stuff that I learned uh, I love it. on the other side of the pond. And uh, Marco, you know, maybe he'll eat somewhere in Florida. That's exciting. Listen, what I want to do is I want to bring more wine to the conversation next year. I want to yeah. I want to unpack wine um, on episodes where we just Please pick a do. kind of wine and we unpack it. Please do, yeah. because even I felt immediately inspired after the few wine episodes we did, particularly yeah. when your friend Loretta was, yeah. was, was, was guiding us through like these top 10 lists and I'm like scribbling to yeah. write. And now of course, half of them were sold out at our local you know store, sure. but, but he opened my mind. He opened my palate. He opened a bunch of things. Uh, certainly. which, which Oh, I we'll get him in good. next, next season for sure. He'll come in and give us some more hot takes on wine and whatnot. So there you go. I wish all of you listeners a happy new year, Ali. Uh, you were saying that I just want to make sure that I say it as well. Yeah. My love to you and Amanda and the whole family, regardless of where they come from, they're still human beings at the end of the day. <laughs> Buddy, I love you. I love you too, brother. Okay. Merry Christmas and happy new year, everyone. All the best folks. 